Hi there. <laughs> You're watching and listening to Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media on all of our channels and networks. I'm Mike Morales here in San Antonio. That gentleman out there with the full beard is... Eric Zandona in Vancouver, Washington. You know, Eric, they get us confused a lot, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we look so much the same. I know. <laughs> um, Eric and I have been experimenting with a lot of really unusual flavors this, this afternoon, this evening, and tonight... We're going to try a brand new Bacanora, because yeah. Eric's my, the Bacanora guy for me, okay? So uh, this one is Masot. Yeah. And uh, Masot, I guess in, in the language of that area, this is, this is uh, uh, Bacanora from Sonora. Uh, the natives in that area uh, called deer uh, people. Yes. They, the deer is known as Masot. And apparently the... Uh, when they're up in the hills, they're very um, uh, they're very difficult to hunt and very difficult to find. So they're very sneaky. They're very stealthy. Yeah, they're very stealthy. So it's just let's see how sneaky this this bacanora is. Now here's a caveat for 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 those of you who are watching. Yeah. Um, this masot that I have is at 45 ABV. Yes, mine's a little bit higher. I'm at 47. And you see, I have a paper, brown paper label. Yeah, uh, mine's like a like an uh, eggshell yeah. uh, color. My understanding is uh, from from the uh, the gentleman who who made this happen, Michael Hurley of Borderland Spirits, is that um, uh, Eric's is is aged in glass underground, and you may have heard of that technique. Uh, being done in in, in mezcals, uh, that's the first time I'd ever heard that that actually done in 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 Bacanora. It doesn't surprise me. I would imagine sooner or later somebody was was going to reveal that secret. Um, so we're we're a couple of percentage points off. But so my my feeling is that whatever I sense in my glass will be amplified. In Eric's Glencairn, I'm using a, a Stasel Jarrito with the wider mouth that we use for miscalls. Um, but I think going forward, didn't we? I, I, it sounds to me like going forward, they're going to, they're just going to cut it off at 47. So it yeah, that's be, what it sounded like from the information we got was that going forward, 47 is going to be their target. Right. Um, the the 45 was the initial batch. And then they made the 47 and held on to it for a while. And because of that, they just put it in glass and it rested for a while. And so as, as these things go, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's truly the idea of handcrafted. You know, and if anybody, if any of you folks have seen how they, how they test for ABV, they don't use it, you know, they don't use a, a, a gauge of any type. They they use the size of the pearls. I mean, that's you know they they take a I forget what the name of the uh, of the instrument is. It's a band like a big bamboo straw, yeah. and and they pour it into uh, in mezcal. They pour it into a a, a, a jicara, mm -hmm. and by the size of the perlas of the bubbles, the master distiller, the maestro mezcalero, or in this case maestro vinatero, can tell within a couple of degrees. Yeah, what it is. Yeah. So, and that's just through experience, boys and girls. So, uh, that's a 
that's the sign of a truly handcrafted booze, man. I tell you. Oh, wow. So this is, I think this is interesting. So we've tasted through in this kind of series, Bacanoras from Sonora, but made in two different, in, now in two different places, two different hands of the maker. And whereas the Batuk had this like um, cheesy herbal character to it. Right. The Mazol I'm getting, still there's this lactic character, but it's way more fruity, way more fruity. Yes, and and you're probably getting it. You know, you got you got two more percentage points, yeah. and I, so it's probably really singing to you right now. Yeah, I mean, this is I like I have it as as very as subtle, but it's there, and there's yeah. no cheesiness. I, I'm not getting it. So you know, I mean, there's a little to me. There's a little bit of lactic character, but it's just like bursting with like bright cherries and strawberry. It's oh, just oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's very fruity, not floral, but, but fruity. Yeah. Um, which don't get me wrong, that's lovely. I mean, you know, when you can get a plant that's that's what you would say, what eight to ten years old, because I yeah, uh, probably okay. Yeah, because uh, on the Batuk they have they have a reserva that's a much that's older funny, plant, yeah. and was such a refined flavor. You know, this one. This was more reminiscent to me of a of a mezcal of an espadín. Now the, the plant they're using is what they call a yaquiana, which is, or they call it pacifica, which in essence is an espadín. But because yeah. it's in Sonora, it's going to taste and smell a whole lot different. Right. <clears throat> I'm ready to sip. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh wow. Oh my gosh. Oh. It's like a basket of fruit, man. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a basket of berries and fruit. Yeah. This is so night and day from the Batuk. It's oh, oh, yeah. It's just like there's a little bit more like heat on the tongue from the alcohol. I mean, at least at 47, but just bursting with fruit flavor i mean and fresh fruit not yes. like there's nothing synthetic about it there's nothing you know it's not like a preservative either it's not like you know orange preserves or dried fruit like you would get in an añejo um yeah and it really is different though this is a yeah. this is a whole a whole other animal because um it's it's oh and the other thing too that I'm getting is this is a much longer finish yeah. than, than Batuk did. That was yeah. that only had minimal short to medium finish, and that's yeah. it. This one is a nice, long, warm, fuzzy. Mm -hmm. This one, this one is more behaves more like a mezcal. Yeah, really a really refined mezcal. Mm. Wow, that's lovely too. Now, yeah. now this one. This one, even at the higher ABV, I, I could see where it would be a really, really decent in a cocktail if you were to go that route. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, in cocktails, 
you're usually adding fruit of some sort, whether, whether it's citrus or uh, a liqueur that's got some sort of fruit character. I'm like, to me, I was like, all this really needs, if you wanted to, some soda water and like a little bit of lime just to kind of lengthen it a little bit and yeah. just like, it's, I mean, it's so fruity and just like really well, delightful. If you were to pair it with, with food, fresh fruit, I mean, go, mm -hmm. go with your berries, go with your grapes. Yeah. Dark uh, chocolate. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, this is really, it's a, it's, it's, it really, like I say, reacts like a more akin to a mezcal that, that we that you and I've had before, but it's, it's a great aperitif. Also, I can see where this would open up your appetite. And still there's, I think on the back, in the background, there's this lactic kind of, it's not quite cheese as much as like, kind of like buttery like fatty character that's like just oh. really rich something okay. very rich on the back end of the palate that's just like is this really nice mixture between the fruit bright fruit character and this really rich kind of savory thing going on in the background so it's really lovely yeah oh i can only imagine that yours is like i say much more intensified because it is it's a it's a couple of degrees more a couple yeah, of the, the the fruit character is just like leaping out of the glass yeah see and and with me it's it's uh uh it and that's okay i mean you know i i'm i don't mind i i believe me 45 abv is okay with me folks because yeah. you know we've eric and i have had enough of these that we know that you know if it if it's if it's at a higher alcohol by volume, it's just gonna, it's gonna sing to you a lot easier. It's just gonna come up to you, up right up to you. Whereas at at an average forty five, which some mescals are coming in now, yeah, um, you know, it, it it allows you to use your senses. But at but at forty seven, it you're forget it. It just comes up and says hi, you know. Yeah. Um, and and one is okay with as far as I'm concerned. And the, and the thing is, like, for me, you got to think about, like, wild strawberries, like these little tiny guys that are just packed full of flavor. That's what this is like. It's not like what you're going to buy at Kroger or yeah, no, huh? whatever, this is all, right? Or, this is all, like, so the big chain in Texas, TBM. H-E-B. H-E-B. Like, not those big guys that you get, you know, grown in the Central Valley of California. They're tasty. But, you know, when you find those, like, little wild ones that are just, like, jam-packed full of flavor, that's yeah, what the... You know, the, the ones the birds love to eat, you know? It's, it's, it's generally considered bird food, but the birds know, you know? That, um, yeah. I used to have a cherry tree in my house. Uh, uh, it was a Queen Anne cherry tree in, um, in New Mexico. And that top layer would always be eaten by birds, but, you know, yeah. there'd be plenty of it. There'd be plenty of them, and... and, and there's nothing like a like a you know a wild cherry tree in your backyard is just there's plenty for everybody you know yeah. we had so many cherries we had to give them away to neighbors and oh, yeah. so I I get your point uh, as a matter of fact a person I was living with years and years ago in New Mexico I uh, ha had been from Denver and or or parts of Denver and she would tell me that when she was a little girl there was a ditch behind her home 
and that's where all the wild strawberries and and rhubarb would grow. Oh wow! They, they would pick it from there and make rhubarb pie and stuff like that. So you can only imagine. Yeah. I, I get what you're what you're saying is that you know if the if the if the fruit grows wild. Uh, I had a neighbor who used to have his own raspberry uh, plant. You know mm -hmm. the bush, and it would grow over our cinder block fence into our yard. Yeah. And I'd never had you know, raspberries before. These people were um, folks who had lived in Utah for years. And so it was, you know, for a kid who lived in the suburbs, yeah. you know, that that wild fruit, I, I get what you're saying, that that is really, and that's what you're getting in here is you're getting that, you know, th that organically grown stuff that the yeah. that you think is bird food, but but the birds know where the flavor is, man. Yeah. This yeah. is lovely. I, I um, should we nominate this at 45 or 47? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The answer yes. is absolutely. Okay. Masot Bacanora. This is a lovely let, let let's before we sign off, let's see if we can give you some more ins and outs on on the information on on this and the label. Yeah, I mean, so like it's a classic bacanora made, yes. you know, like you would see in Oaxaca with mezcal. So the agaves are pit roasted, they're crushed and then fermented uh, with nat native yeast that's wild in the air and then double distilled in copper. And it's just so. Yeah. This is from the Chacon family, uh, four generations uh, of, of Bacanora making it, and it's lovely. It's called Masot. You can tell by the deer on the label. Okay. Yeah. That's what a masot is, but that's that's our take on masot uh, bacanora. This is the blanco again at forty five and forty seven ABV. Probably going forward, it'll be at forty seven. Um, you can find these primarily in Arizona for now. Uh, once, if you're watching us right now, we're taping this in the uh, toward the end of May. I'm sorry, and and we're still quarantined in place. But by the time you you see this, it could be I don't know, it could. It, it could be September, October, November, um, but in any case, you, you, he should uh, Borderland Spirits should have this, not just in Arizona, but hopefully here, here in South Texas, because uh, this people are looking for authenticity, and this is where it comes from. Um, the the company itself uh, uh, primarily is an advocate for uh, sustainability, not just not not just ecological sustainability, but economic. And and um, and uh, well, socioeconomic as well. So he, he's they're very borderland spirits is very much about the the cultural exchange between you know Sonora and and Arizona and that and that area there. So uh, kudos to him. I know this is not an easy deal. I get it, but please, 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 and whatever the price point is, it's worth every penny, man. Oh my gosh. That's our take on Masot Blanco, but stick with us. We will be back shortly with a couple of really unusual. Again, I'm gonna we're gonna toss we're gonna toss the kitchen sink at Eric, and he's gonna walk us through. Okay, I'm Mike Morales here in San Antonio. That gentleman out there is Eric Zandona in Vancouver, Washington. You have been listening and uh, watching Sipping on the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media on all of our channels and networks. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're downloading your podcast. Please do so if you're getting it from iTunes or Spotify. We're there with you wherever you are. And whatever you do, tomar sabiamente. Sip wisely.